0: All right. Good morning. It is good to see you. If you're new or somewhat new, uh, well, I've been on vacation for a little bit, but I'm Pastor Joshua Kapczynski. Welcome to Granite Creek. Best church in the world. Uh, I understand and I, I know that, that feeling of being new, not knowing where the bathroom is. Not knowing if you're sitting in somebody's seat. <laughs> Not knowing if you're going to fit into the culture or the theology. I'll just answer that question. You can, and you, this, is, this is the best place to be. If you disagree with me on theology, that's okay. If you are like, well, no, no one here looks like me or acts like me, uh, that's okay, we need you. And you need us. I kind of like to mix it up. That's the kind of pastor I am. I also like dogs. <laughs> like, we have a little huddle in the, in the beginning uh, before we get the service going. We have a, a little kind of a get-together. It's great. It's, it's Pastor Michael's idea to huddle the team together and, like, share a victory before we teach Sunday school, before we lead in worship, before we preach, and before we greet. We we, we get the team together and huddle them up and say, what did God do? What brought you joy? What was your victory? What inspired you this week? We get some great answers, like miracles and breakthroughs and answered prayer and fellowship. Well, mine this morning was my dog. My dog inspires me. Okay, so. Just, you don't know, I have a a Belgian Malinois. It's like a German shepherd on crack. (laughs) I mean, I have a metal box beside my bed that I put my glasses in every night, because if I don't, she's gone through four or five pairs of my prescription glasses already. She's so mischievous, she's so naughty, and I'm completely in love with my dog. And she is she is a wonder of nature, this thing. I, I ran her yes, uh, yesterday before yesterday eight miles on my bike. And she just, yeah, she just, she just kept going and going and going and got home. I thought I wore her out, and then she got into more stuff. <laughs> and now I'm teaching her how to jump. I mean, she's got hops like Jordan. She's amazing. So, you have to follow me because I, I'm not, this is terrible, like I'm, not, I'm not posting inspirational scriptures or my sermons. I'm posting, this is so bad, I'm posting pictures of my dog and cat. So, that's, now. Yeah. if you follow me, that's what you're going to get. So, that's a little bit about me. Uh, we're dog people in this church, and cat people. I've been converted to a cat person. My family's dog people. at the beach with my sister and her dog, and this guy comes up says, hey, your dog's really cool looking. Does your dog bite? I said, no, not at all. And so this guy goes and pets my sister's dog. My sister's dog bites him. He said, I thought you said your dog doesn't bite. I'm like, that's not my dog. <laughs> Alright, I made that up. That didn't happen, but <laughs> I need to lighten the mood a little bit because (laughs) I was told I needed to tell a good joke, so it's this guy's fault right here, but it's also the Pink Panther's fault. How many remember Pink Panther? That's that's the Pink Panther gag. It's not my dog. All right. We're going to go full circle with my dog in a minute, but today's topic, we are in the art of faith, and we've looked at all these creative ways that we can experience connection to the divine. There is more than one way to connect with God. You can do it through your scriptures. You can do it through prayer. You can do it through community. You can do it through worship. You can worship God here. This is going to sound controversial. You can worship God in nature. That's the original cathedral, by the way. God can speak to you in your dreams. He can make you pull your car over and give you an audible voice. There's there's more than one way. There's an art to this walk that we call faith. I just want to encourage you to explore it. If you have ever been bored with your faith, you just need to get creative. It requires a, a a little bit of the artist in you to come out. And today... We're going to talk about the greatest artist that ever existed, and that is God. He is the ultimate artist. So today's topic in the art of faith is the art of God. What a canvas this guy has. God is still creating. He is still coming up with bright ideas. He is he's still making things beautiful. Amen? He is. Like he's making beautiful galaxies. I okay, so if you're a kind of a nerd like me, like I nerd out in a lot of different areas and I, I have a hard time focusing on one thing. But right now, like I'm kind of into the James Webb telescope. Get you guys familiar with this thing? So they, they downgraded Hubble, so Hubble is like your old flip phone camera, and now we have a brand new 4K camera that's looking at the skies. And so let's just look at a couple of them, because this is what God is creating right now. So we've had that picture before, but now it's brighter, now it's better, and now we can see more stars and more details. It almost looks like it's fake. These are galaxies right? There's a spiral galaxy there. Uh, most galaxies form in this way where they're spinning and they're, they have a structure and there is order to them. Let's go to the next one. Now, those are not stars. Those are galaxies. And that song that we sung, that poetic song, 100 million galaxies, 100 billion galaxies proclaim excuse me my mind can't comprehend a hundred billion galaxies that's not some worship leader being poetic it's true the James Webb is tracking hundred over a hundred billion galaxies like our Milky Way and the idea is they keep on going and going and going like we are scratching the surface of infinity isn't that a little mind-boggling and and the Lord is speaking these things into existence. As we sit here and worship Him, He's like rattling off a couple more galaxies every few seconds. There is no end to it. And on top of that, if you're like an uber nerd, like there's galaxies on top of galaxies. There's universes on top of universes. It's the multiverse of madness, right? I don't, don't go too far into that. But... For us that, that have like a, a spiritual bent, that know that there's something beyond the temporal, beyond the material world, like we can sense that, well, there is a spirit realm like hovering right here in our midst. Every once in a while it breaks through. Every once in a while we recognize it. Science is beginning to, to say, wow, yeah, there's, there's another universe right next to us. Well, string theory, I don't want to get into that, but there's other, it's going to sound weird, New Age, there's other dimensions, and we're finding them. We're finding proof that they do exist. It's huge what God is creating. Our minds are the most powerful thing on the planet. It's not the nuclear um, silos, it's not electricity, it's not gunpowder. Our minds are the most powerful tool on the planet. And yet, we can't comprehend. We can't even come close to comprehend the dimensions of God. or his love for us. We are are completely clueless about how much God loves us. The scriptures begin to highlight how much God loves us. There's no height nor depth nor width. Like, it's deep. It goes on forever, his, his love and his concern for you. He is making these universes, these galaxies, these dimensions, he is making them for his glory. This is going to sound really egotistical and I can't prove it, but I believe he's making them for us. I think he is making this and the very fact that we can have cameras that look out into infinity i think he's making them to say you know you see who i am you see how immense and how big and how powerful i am i think he's he's doing it for us again this is going to sound egotistical because all right i said to step off the pulpit for a second i want to believe in aliens i really do I want to believe in the little gray guys because I'm just like a science fiction nerd. I want to believe in them. But I'm pretty sure they don't exist. Now, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that people don't encounter things that we don't understand, right? Uh, there's all kinds of wild theories. Aliens could be demons. Aliens could be angels. Like, we, just, we don't know. We don't have enough data to figure it out. We just know that the world's big. But here's what I do think. I do think that out of these hundred billion galaxies, statistically, there's pretty good chances that there's some life on some planets out there. Like we, if it's infinite, there's got to be something growing somewhere. So there is life on other planets. I do believe that, although I do believe that we are, out of all of God's creation, the only Creatures that have been created in his image. That makes us super special. Like that puts a value on us. You've got to get this. That puts a value on us that says that we are the most important thing in the multiverses to God. Like he he believes that about you, that you are the most important thing in all of creation. It sounds kind of egotistical, like, like we're it? Like all of this is just for us? Yeah, it is. Like it is all for us. He finds you that interesting. So the galaxies are his artwork. Do you have any nature people in the building? got a few people that love nature. We do this, just so you know, we do this um, uh, marriage assessment. Uh, It's great. And one of the things that you take an assessment, an online assessment, one of the things that it shows you, uh, in addition to how selfish and screwed up you are, um, in addition to that, it will show you how best you connect with God. Some people connect with God better in small groups. Some people connect better with God through music. Some people connect better with God through studying the scriptures. Some people, this guy, connect with God better in being in his creation. So I just kind of do the best of both worlds. I go hiking with my Bible and I sing worship songs. I would invite you, but I like to be alone. Introvert Josh there. One of the the first things that God does when he calls his people into their identity. When God calls Abraham, at that time, Abram, his name has not been changed yet. When God calls him into his destiny, into familyhood, to who he's meant to be and who God's people are meant to be. God does something very interesting with Abram. He says, it's time to get out of your tent. Genesis fifteen five says, God took Abram outside to show him something. You know that God wants to take you outside to show you something? Like literally and maybe figuratively too. Like he needs to get you outside of yourself so that you, so he can show you something. He wants to get you outside of your situation and your circumstances so that you can see the bigger picture. Amen? Amen. When you're stuck in the muck and the mire, you can't see the solution. You can't see the big picture. He took them outside to show him something. The eternal one said, "Look up at the stars. Try to count them all if you can." <laughs> there was too many to count then he says, and he gives, them, he gives them a vision, gives Abram a vision of what is to be. And he says, so will your descendants be. So my friends, you're a star today. You are a fulfillment of this prophecy. You are a star. You're a fulfillment of God's spoken word where he creates things out of nothingness. if you can, maybe even close your eyes and think about the last time that creation took your breath away. Was it the beach? (laughs) Waves crashing, foaming up on the seashore? Was it a did you get out of your tent and you glimpse the Milky Way, that galaxy that we are currently sitting in? It was, the deliverance of the blood of Jesus. was it the wind blowing through pine trees? Or were you just in your backyard? looking at a flower or a hummingbird, and something caught you. There's a, there's a famous atheist that turned Christian. He was born an atheist in a scientific family. He is one of the smartest people on the planet. He mapped the human genome. He's the director of the NIH, or was, he just retired, Francis Collins, He had no grid at all for faith or spirituality. He was a facts-based childhood. This is the facts. We're scientists. This is what we believe. Those religious people, you know, they're kind of crazy, but we just ignore them. And one day, hiking in the Appalachians, he sees a frozen waterfall, I mean, of all things, a frozen waterfall sparked something in him that says, oh, there's a little bit more to life than than microscopes. And from that experience of the divine, of seeing something beautifully created and frozen, from that one experience, he started messing around until he got himself saved. Well, he didn't save himself. Jesus saved him. But you get the idea, right? Somebody gave him mere Christianity, and that messed up his life. Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. So there is something that we call natural revelation. Like, you, you can't escape God when you're in nature. One of the beautiful things about nature and his work is that at times it seems like it's chaotic. But if you look a little closer, there is order to it. And there is beauty to it. You want to see some cool stuff? All right, let's look at some cool stuff. It's show and tell time. Take you back to uh, science class when you were, I don't know, when was the last time you were in science class? Look at this ugly rock. If I was hiking, I would walk right over it. I wouldn't notice a thing. But if you have an eye, if you've studied, if you have wisdom... You will know that there's a little universe inside of these things called geodes. I like this one because it's in shapes of hearts. Isn't that cute? Aww. (laughs) I know. Look at this thing. Isn't this cool? This is a conch. I have another one here. Uh, this one, my pastor friend, Pastor Joel Fairley, the former pastor of Claremont Baptist Church, who retired a couple weeks ago and uh, got in his car in his last sermon and drove off and did look back. He gave, he gave me this. And this one's from Dad. He probably stole this. But I have uh I have imaginations of like being on a beach somewhere in a loincloth blowing this thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I it's I don't know how to do it. But that's isn't it cool? And it's I mean, look at this spiral here. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's there's order to it. I have more shells. I have more gifts. from pastor joel i think what happened honestly is his wife said we're moving and you can't take this stuff (laughs) look at this thing like this is a nautilus and again there's that spiral look looking thing there isn't it cool like i'd pass it around but i don't trust you And I got a feeling my, my, um, my antique dealer thing is kicking in right now. Sometimes I can just know when something's valuable, and I think this is valuable. But yeah, Pastor Joel gave me this, too. Isn't that the coolest thing you've ever seen? Take a look at your bulletin cover. It's called the golden ratio or the golden mean. It is math. It's God's divine language, and it's everywhere. It's in the galaxies that he creates. It's in the shells that he forms, and it's actually also in the DNA, the very fine print. It is in the molecular structures. God's thumbprint is on everything. There's this, it basically, it it multiplies. What is... If done right, if we're walking with the Lord right, what is the law of return? Is it addition? It's not. It's multiplication, everybody. It is what we call going from glory to glory. Look, this is how God creates his creations. Going from glory to glory, multiplying in maturity is what he desires for us. Not just, like, trying to climb up the ladder and trying to be a little bit better than you were last time. No, no, he wants to take us from glory to glory. I got one more thing. This one's kind of weird, but it's just pretty. These are, like, some kind of weird barnacles, but they're purple, and I like the color. Um, this is probably something that I would eat, <laughs> like with French fries, <laughs> some mussels or barnacles. But this is a special piece, too. Thank you, Pastor Joel. Hope you're watching. Yep, that design is everywhere. And it's powerful, and it's it is meaningful. From the galaxy down to the cellular level, God's everywhere. These things are really cool. Zion National Park is really cool. Yosemite is really cool. Nebulas are really cool. Black dwarves are really cool. Like all of these things. Supernovas are really cool. volcanoes, maybe not so cool. But do you want to know what his greatest work of art is? And it's that person that you're sitting next to right now. That is God's greatest work. Like, the human body, in and of itself, is absolutely amazing, right? It's really cool. Our eyes, I've heard, are actually our brain. Did you know that your eyeballs are a part of your brain? It's, it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of weird, but kind of cool. The way that our bodies function, the way that our bodies heal themselves, uh, the, the miracle of sight, in and of itself, is really amazing and really cool. but so is my Belgian Malinois, right? She's amazing. Like, her body is amazing. Her, her smell is amazing. She, she doesn't smell that bad. But she can sense things that we can't sense, and she can hear things that we can't hear. And she's like the bionic man. She can run faster and harder than us. So she, too, is, is made, she's a work of art, right? And your body is a work of art, and it's valuable, That's just the surface, everybody. The human body is an amazing thing. The human brain, like I said, is the most amazing tool on the planet. Like what we're learning about our noggins is is mind-boggling how cool our brains really are. Um, But that's really not the most important part of who you are. I mean, your brain can compute. Your brain can do things. Our brains have the capacity to comprehend the James Webb telescope stuff, right? Our brains have the capacity to understand deep theological issues. Our brains have the capacity, except for mine, to do algebra. (laughs) Our brains can do amazing things and yet that's not the most beautiful work of art that God's ever created. There's something deeper. Our, our souls are beautiful. Did you know that you have a beautiful soul? You have a beautiful soul. What is that? Like, what are you saying, Pastor Josh? No, I, I like when God looks at you, and he looks at your soul, he's looking at your, at your character, he's looking at your personality, he's looking at the specific ways that he's created you and designed you, he sees you and your persona better than you see yourself. In fact, some of us have actually a poor self-image of ourselves. Yeah? Yeah? Self-reflection is good. Introspection is bad. I mean, can we repeat that? Self-reflection is good. Introspection is bad. Self-reflection says, you know what? There's certain things about my, my character, my personality, uh, about who I am. Well, they just need some attention. They, I need to work on myself, right? You are the only person that can work on yourself. Pastor Josh can't work on yourself for you. You, you have to take a look at yourself and say, okay, self It's actually a biblical principle. David did it all the time. In the Psalms, David said, self, what's the matter with you? And so you have to work on your own soul, your emotional state, your character, your will, your drive, your ego, your sub-ego, all this kind of crazy stuff. And our brains can handle it because we have psychologists and psychiatrists. Like we're learning things about the soul in these days that we have never known before fascinating about how complicated we really are. Look to your neighbor and say, you're complicated. Don't do that. I'm just kidding. Because all, all, the, all the husbands are going to look to their wives and say, it would be the only time a guy will speak up in church. You're complicated. prove this biblically either, but I think animals have souls. But you know what they don't have? They don't have what you and I have. They don't have spirit. They don't have the spirit of God dwelling deep inside of them. You may, well you do, You every single one of you were created in God's image. And what does the scripture say about how God made you? He made you to be a piece of trash. No. he made you before he, you were in his mind before he started rattling off galaxies. Did you know that? There are no mistakes. You're not you no one here is a mistake and no one born has ever been a mistake. Amen. Amen. He has seen you before time began. He knew you before time began. And he said to you, and is saying to you right now, you, my son, you, my daughter, are fearfully and wonderfully made. God doesn't make trash. He makes cool stuff. You're cool. Do you know what's coming up against that truth of God? It is It is a strategy, I'm going to get all preachy, it's a strategy from devil, from from hell itself. There is a strategy from the enemy that is coming up against that truth that's saying that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The devil's strategy is a war of triage. It's a war of attrition, meaning that he's going to systematically say, okay, we're going to hit this category here, we're going to hit this category here, we're going to hit that category there. He knows exactly who he's going to go after, and he's going after our kids. Yeah? And he's going after your marriages. And he's going after your souls. And his war of attrition is piling upon lie after lie, accusation after accusation. That's actually the definition of his name. He is, the, he is the grand accuser. He is constantly accusing you. He's constantly trashing you. He's constantly lying to you and your kids. He's constantly breeding confusion and telling you that you are trash. So if you ever had that thought in your mind that you are not worthy, that you are trash... That's a lie from the devil. And you need to hold that thought captive and you make it obedient to Christ. The power of the mind will cast that thought down. Allow your soul to be transformed and then get deep in the spirit. God doesn't make trash. He makes beautiful things. And we all have gold that is just waiting to to be mined. We all have a beautiful geode like this. This is ready to be cracked open. He's got a plan for you that is beyond anything that you can imagine. Come on. Right. Youth kids, millennials, Gen Z. Before there was such a thing called iTunes and Spotify, there's a thing in a car, it's called a radio. <laughs> and it had there, there's like knobs, and you have to turn and, and twist these knobs. And it makes weird noises, it goes and then you hone in to a frequency that you can hear some you can hear music being broadcasted. Here's the catch: unlike iTunes. And Spotify, you don't get to choose what you listen to. Come on. Like you find a frequency, and you have to listen to what the clown on the other side of the radio is playing. So everybody, moms and dads, singles, everybody trying to get to know God a little bit better. You gotta know like what frequency you're tuning into. It really is that simple. Like, if you're just being bombarded by negativity that's affecting your soul and the way that you view yourself, the way that the, your kids see themselves, if there is insecurity, if there's insecurity coming into your life, you're on the wrong radio channel. And it, it, it's going to require you to turn that knob. I, I can't, well, you can't turn it off. You need to tune into Jesus. it's going to require you to turn that knob and when you're when you're moving that dial to where it needs to be, at first it's gonna sound a little staticky. But if you if you if you tune it, if you fine-tune it, you're gonna hit that station and, and the voice of God's gonna be crystal clear. I'm gonna tell you everyone right now. At first, God's voice will not sound crystal clear. Because you haven't fine-tuned him. How do you fine-tune God's voice? In your head. You're doing it right now by Sabbathing. You gotta have this rhythm. You gotta tune in every Sunday. You're doing it by having fun on Friday night with that birthday bash thing. I was kind of jealous about that. Like I that's how you tune in because you hear God by being around other people. So you need to tune in consistently in that. You you tune in. by being alone with the Lord. When you pick up your Bible, don't see it as study time. See it as alone time with Jesus. That's how you tune in. And it takes consistency. And it takes discipline. No one likes to hear that word. It's going to take discipline for you to hear God's voice in such ways. But he's got a creative way about him. Ephesians chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, you might want to turn to this one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. God, this creator of billions of galaxies. God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much. It's written right there. I told you. Didn't I tell you that God loved you? Now you just read it for yourselves. Loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is not only by God's grace that you have been saved. Excuse me. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. Make sure I got that one right, right? I don't want to be preaching heresy here. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. See, I told you that too. There's dimensions that we don't understand. One of them is called heaven. I want to go there. There's another realm, another dimension called hell. Don't want to go there. He has seated us with him in heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. I mean, that is an artistic move right there, that, again, that, that's mind-blowing. That God seats us with him. That is why I think that we're probably it and there are no aliens. Because I don't think he's going to seat aliens next to him. I still want there to be aliens, but okay, enough of that. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all that he has done for us who are united in Christ. If you are united in Christ, he wants to to do things for you. That's his nature. That's his character. Verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. How do you get saved? You ever wonder that? You get saved by giving Pastor Josh lots of money and by scrubbing the toilets here at the church and washing my car. That's how you get saved. No, you get it is grace. You are saved by grace through faith. You have to have faith. And it is God's grace that saves you. It's not by works so that we can boast. Let's read that part. For God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. Dang it. I want it to be a reward for how many good things I've done. Because I've earned my salvation. I'm being sarcastic, folks. So that no one can boast for, here we go, we are God's masterpieces. Yeah? Like, we're his greatest work of art. You belong in the Louvre. You belong in the British Museum. You belong in the Norton Simon. Let's hang you up and put you on display. A lot of times in churches, that people will say that uh, you're just a sinner and that the church is a, it's a hospital for sinners. It's a true statement. But the church is also a museum for saints. And you are a saint, and he loves you, and he's going to put you on display. He wants to see what he can create with your life. You are made in his image. You are a creator. Together, you can create something Beautiful. And if you are not together, you are still creative. You can create a mess with your life. What do you want to create? Do you want to create with God or without God? We are God's masterpieces, his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. New. The Bible also says there's new every day. Every day with the Lord is a new day with him. There is something exciting. There is an adventure around the corner. All you've got to do is believe, trust, know that His grace is sufficient, and go for the ride and create something beautiful. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do the good things that He has planned for us. When? Long ago. Before you were conceived. Don't forget, you Gentiles, that, that's us. Don't forget, you Gentiles, used to be outsiders. Yeah, there was a time when you were distant from God. You were called uncircum you know, well, you called heathens by the Jews who were proud of their laws, proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God has made to them. What are the covenant promises? Well, The big one is is God's going to bless you like he blessed Abraham. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ. You were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Landon, if I could have you come up to the front. You are God's masterpiece. You were once far from God. You are not a citizen. And once you are in Christ, did you know that your citizenship changes? I'm an American. I love America. I love my freedom. I think this is the best place on the planet to live. I love it here. I've been to other places. Don't like those other places. I'll go and visit. Wouldn't want to live there. I love being an American. But what this demands for me is that I must change my priorities of citizenship. You are first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of God. And then secondly, I don't know, you're an American, you're a Californian. That priority of who we are, that identity is paramount. I pray that we all get that priority straightened out, Amen. All right, I uh, I spent most of my sermon telling you guys how beautifully and wonderfully made you are, that you are imago Dei, made in the image of God, that He sees gold inside of you. You are the most precious thing to him out of all the universe. He believes more about you than you believe about yourself. God's truth about you is that you are awesome. You are beautiful. You are his children. He sees you as perfect. So I just... That was like the gist of, that was the majority of my message. Now I'm going to tell you that there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. You got something wrong with you. You really do. You got something wrong with you. But in this moment, we're going to fix that. We all. Through the power of God, we need to work on ourselves. We all need a Savior. Because you can't do this in your own power. It's only by grace. You need a Savior. I know you guys are all hardworking, strong, motivated people. You get stuff done. I believe that. I love that about this church. You're hardworking. Even though you might be able to make it in the world, you can't make it in heaven without this you need a savior If you have viewed yourself in your mind as being less than if you've believed the lies of this world and the negativity that says that you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you you can't qualify, you're not smart, you're not strong if you have believed that static today's the day to wash your mind free from that. If you believe that you need to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I'm going to re- release you from that pressure too. All of your blessings, all of your answers, all of your provision, all of your promotions, all of your income is from heaven. And with that perspective, it changes your optics. This is the body of Christ. This is the bread of heaven that came down to give us what we need. Receive the body of Christ so that you can live the life that you were meant to live. God's great work of art. His masterpiece, which is you, created in his mind before time began. You. Some jerk came and threw red paint on it and scratched it. That's what we call sin, original sin. I want to say bad words about the devil right now, but I'm not going to because I usually get myself in trouble. But that dude, that jerk, messed you up. He messed up God's creation, he scarred God's masterpiece. this erases that scar and in fact makes it even more beautiful. It takes what the enemy has designed as destruction and hate and visceral and evil and it flips that script so hard that that painting even gets better. You get better. You are a better looking creation when you receive the shed blood of Jesus Christ flowing through your spiritual veins for the forgiveness of your sins if you never accepted Jesus into your heart if you don't know if you're going to that dimension of heaven or that dimension of hell this is a good day to take care of some business close your eyes say god i need your salvation I need the blood of Jesus Christ to wash over me because without the shedding of innocent blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Say, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. If you've prayed that in your heart, if you've prayed that prayer of faith, you will receive this cup of grace. My brothers and sisters, My granite creakers, before you drink of this cup, do some soul care, some soul repair. If there is anybody that you are harboring bitterness towards, unforgiveness, hatred, malice, deceit. If you have cheated, robbed, or stealed, if your eyes have gazed at things that they don't belong. Confess that now in your mind. You might need to confess it to a brother or a sister. But wash away that trash so that we can see how golden you are. Receive the blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If the
1: stars were made to worship so alive. I could see your heart in everything you've made. Every burning star, a signal, fire, of Your creation sings, your praises so alive. A hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets fall. If the stars were made to worship so alive I could see your heart in everything you've made Every burning star
0: If I could have the ushers come to the front, we're going to return to the Lord. If this is your first time, please don't feel obligated to give. If you're a church family, I want to encourage you to be faithful. Father, I pray you bless this offering so it advance the kingdom of heaven in this building, but all over the world. God, right now, we just speak to the hearts of everyone here that is struggling and that is hurting. May the peace of God rest on them. God bless you as you give back to the Lord. All right. The other thing you need to know about me as a pastor, I believe in miracles. I believe in a divine God that is intimately connected to his creation. And He loves you and He cares for you. Every single bit, every single hurt, He is there for you. Place your hand on your hearts. You just received Holy Communion. There is healing in that sacrament. There is healing in the blood of Christ. Without the shedding of innocent blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. It also says by the stripes on His backs, We have been healed. Do you believe that? You have been healed. So, let's be healed right now. Heavenly Father, right now, we just pray you strip out all the viruses and infections and goops and gobs. I pray that you will overwhelm your children at Granite Creek with healing this morning. Heavenly Father, right now, I pray that you will enter into their minds You will heal them of destructive thoughts. That you will deliver them from evil spirits. That you will make a new way into the darkness. That you will bring them into light. Heal them. Deliver them. Set them free. Give them open doors and strategies. May God bless you today. May he keep you. May he cause his face to shine Artistically on your life. May the great artist fill your mind and your home and your families with love and peace, joy, and provision. God bless you guys. Believe that you will have a powerful week with the creative God.
1: stars were made to worship so will I if the mountains bow in reverence so will I if the oceans roar your greatness so will I for if everything exists to lift you high so will I if the wind goes where you send it Billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made, every burning star, a signal fire